you, if you'd like to draw your prayers to a close, I'd like to invite Nico to come up uh, for the final time as our associate minister. Don't worry, we will invite him back. <laughs> so, Nico, do you want to come up and join us? And, uh, let me pray for you for a final time. Thank you. In this context, Father, <laughs> just thank you for Nico. Uh, Lord, I just pray your blessing upon him. Lord, give us ears to hear how you speak to him. Come, Holy Spirit. Release him, Lord, to the fullness of his gifting in you, that you may be glorified and we may be built up in your faith. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to start just by saying a massive thank you. Thank you for these last five years. It's been amazing and a privilege to be able to serve God with you. And I honestly believe we've been serving the Lord together. And there's so much God has done. And there's so much, um, and as I see all of you, so much you've done for God. And it's, it has been my privilege to be part of it. And uh, today, like I think up to now, I, I was pretty much kind of going on, on through the plans of things. And today it's kind of hit me how much I'm going to miss you guys, how much I'm going to miss not seeing you on a regular basis, not seeing you on Sundays in the week. And, and today it's, it felt like suddenly, I don't know, like if I'm out of a funeral or something, you know, when you kind of suddenly you're kind of mourning. Uh, and, and I'm mourning because you're such amazing people. That's why I mourn. If, if I didn't like you very much, I wouldn't be mourning. I wouldn't be that sad. Uh, I'd be like, yay. No, but, but uh, yeah, we are, I think today with Sonia, we're like really mourning because you're such a lovely group of people. And, um, and what I'm going to share today, I hope is not new. I hope if you've been around and heard me a few times, a lot of it won't be new. And, and I'm going to do a bit of a kind of flashback, you know, in, in these uh, series, TV series, when they have you know, that episode where they play things from the past and you're like, no, I can't believe I got this episode. Nothing happens. They're just showing things from the last three seasons. Um, so a bit of that will happen, but hopefully not too much. Um, because I want to share a bit about what it means to be church and why is it so important that we gather together? Why is it so important that we do life together as a church? Um, and we, we are starting today a series which was going to start last week and for obvious reasons it didn't, on our strategy. And our strategy, if you see up there, uh, this is something we worked on in 2018 and we started kind of launching in 2019 and then when we were kind of in the middle of trying to work it all out, COVID happened. So um, a lot of you might not even recognize this circle. How many of you recognize the circle? You feel you've seen, okay, like at least half of you, which is good. In the morning, there's like 30 hands going up. Um, you're probably a better congregation in the morning. I can say that now. Um, but it, it basically is it's quite, quite a simple thing. What we want to do is grow as disciples and Richard's lovely word, whole life disciples. That's kind of Richard's heart. Um, and, and we... We want to do it by doing four things, and the first one is connecting, which is connecting with our community, with people who aren't from church. It's creating bridges with, with people who don't attend church regularly. It's, it's creating that kind of neutral ground where we can have discussions and do life together, a bit like what Beesom does in a way, but we do it through things like uh, shed time and Oasis, and we do it with things like doing an alpha. We do it even in services, 
We do it when we do uh, baptisms and weddings. I'm seeing a lovely couple I married. How, how long ago has it been taken, Heather? Four years. Four years. And you're still together. Well done. <laughs> you're now in my top list. I've lost so many. No, I don't think I've lost anyone yet um, out of 10 years of marrying people, at least not that I've heard. Um, but we, we do that with creating these neutral spaces where we either go out or invite people in. We want to connect with our community. And we all do it in our daily lives, like um, playing football with people. That's probably what I would do, but uh, just connecting in different ways with the people in our neighborhood. So we want to connect. And then from there, we want to gather. We want to invite people to gather, to come in and gather with us. But gathering is, is quite a deep thing. And, and this is what I'm going to try and develop today. What does it mean to gather as God's people? What does it mean to gather as God's community in this place? And then from there, we want people to grow. And we all want to grow. We want to be thinking, have I grown in the last two years? If I look at myself three years ago, Am I now a more mature Christian, a more mature person? So growing, and we have loads of things that help us grow. We have house groups at the heart of it, but also uh, courses, uh, especially at Charanders and Quiet Days and other things to grow together. And all of that takes us to want to serve, serve the community, serve in different ways. Uh, be some, uh, all, all our mission partners are things we do to serve the community and, and give of what we've received. And hopefully part of that serving will help us connect with the community. And that's why it's got like a little circle with arrows that goes round. Um, and at the heart of it is this kind of path towards Christ. It's the path towards firstly knowing Christ and then make, becoming a bit more like him. So that's, that's our strategy, and uh, we, we wanted to kind of relaunch it this term after kind of COVID, a more or less normalish year, and now we can sort of develop, develop that a bit more, or now you can develop it a bit more. Um, so this is, this is the heart of what we do, and, and, and actually we want all our ministry to kind of depend on this, to look at, well, what are we doing? Is it helping us connect? gather, grow, or serve, and try and review that and try and make it very obvious that this is the way forward. So, today we're going to look at gathering, and we're going to look at Acts 2, verses 42 to 47. Um, I think we looked at community a few months ago, and we looked at different aspects of it uh, lately. So, today I want to look at one specific, uh, well, quite a few, but, but basically one, one thought uh, out of all of this. So Acts 2 says this, and this is after Pentecost, the first Christians. It's a passage that if you've been around, you've probably read a few times. Um, and it says this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. And, and I love this phrase, and, and I'm going to kind of look into this now. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together, every day to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And I love this. And the Lord faithfully, lovingly added to their number daily those who were being saved. So they did their bit. God did, did their bit, his bit. And the kingdom grew. And it's like a fascinating time. But the one word that kind of stuck with me was together. 
it's, they break bread together, they open up the Bible together, they live together, they share together, they are together, they are in it together. And there's something really powerful about this togetherness that we see in the early church. They were doing life together and they were praying together and they were seeing God do some amazing things. So if, if we look at the next slide, we've got uh, the, the, the theme for today, gathering. And, and there's a few things I wanted to pick up from this. Um, firstly, is that dependency. I don't know if, if you kind of thought this, this at some point, but I was kind of struck by this in, in the last week, that when Jesus came to earth, he had a mother. He was dependent of a human being. So Jesus, the creator of the universe, the one who holds everything together, chose to be dependent of a mother and a father who was providing and other people in the community. He chose to be dependent. As he developed his ministry, he had his disciples and he chose to depend on them to go out to the other towns and villages and share the news. So he sent them in groups of two all around the place, come back, and he chose to depend on them. He then chose to die on a cross, rise again, rise again, send the Holy Spirit, and depend on a group of 12, probably not most capable people in the world, to transform the world. He depended on others to do that. And we live in a world that thrives on independence. The, the kind of goal of our world today is to be independent to be independent financially, even emotionally. Nowadays, people don't want to have very close relationships because they, they feel they're a bit dependent emotionally of other people. And actually, the call in the Bible is completely different. It's go back to dependence. Go back to dependence on God. Go back to dependence on the people around you. And there's such a beauty in the dependence. There's such a beauty in it, being able to release the pressure of having to do everything, that everything falls on you, and to say we depend on God first, but we depend on each other. And as a church, that's what we do when we gather. We recognize that we depend on each other, that we need each other. And it brings me to that, that's, sorry, it's a third point, but that idea of a being a body of Christ. And I don't know, like, we, we teach kids when they're quite young, we are the body of Christ, like the five, seven, eight-year-olds, we, we teach them that, but has it really sunk in who we are in, in Jesus when we gather, when we are part of his church? We are the body of Christ. Again, Christ, the savior of the world, Christ who holds everything together, has chosen to depend on us to be his body here on earth, and we all have a role to play. And that's deep stuff. That's something really profound. You are the body of Christ. You are Christ's little finger or something. You are Christ's body here on earth and you're called to be Christ's body. And as we gather, we gather because we are Christ's body. We don't gather uh, only because we want to listen to good music, or only because we want to worship, or only because we, we want to listen to a talk and be inspired or only because we want to see our friends. We gather because we are the body of Christ in this place. And that's a really, really deep thing. That's a really important thing. I was reflecting quite a bit during COVID times when we all looked down as to what would the future of the church look like when we suddenly realized that we can have really good, amazing, high quality teaching at home, or we can listen to these great sermons online and 
probably not need to come on Sunday. When we realize that maybe, how long are we here in church? An hour and a half between the time we arrive and we leave, or two hours in total. How much more could I learn if I was in my home with a, a, a book, a commentary in the Bible, and looking at different resources? I could learn so much more. But the thing is, that's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ is God's people gathered together, building his kingdom. And that's, that's where we suddenly realize, well, there's so much more to who we are and so much more to who we are, what happens when we gather and what we're doing. It's so much more than any of those things. It's we are building God's kingdom in this place. And that's so, so important. Um, and obviously, sorry, I skipped the meet God, but... But I think, and, and we probably all agree, that when we gather, there's something special about the Spirit of God and how he moves. There's something different. Like we have some lovely alone times with God and we can meet with him and spend time with him. But there's something special about gathering. Uh, and obviously, Jesus talked about this when he said, when two or three gather my name, I'm there with them. But there's something special about God's, people, com- God's community being together with him, meeting with him. And therefore, again, it's really important that we are part of the body of Christ. But the main, the main thing that came out of, for me, out of this passage is that they did life together, that they were there together, that there's something about the togetherness. Um, and I don't know if, if you knew all this, but when Paul writes his letters, you know, he wrote a lot of letters, and in the New Testament, we can see quite a few. But in, in, those, in the ones we see in the New Testament, he mentions 93 different people who are working with him. And those are the people he mentions in those letters. He's written more letters, and he's probably had more people working with him. 93 people are, are the people he mentions as those who are being the body of Christ with him. And we look at, at uh, kind of history, and, and I, I've studied a lot of history, and we tend to look at these kind of big personalities we look at Paul, big personality, and we look at David in the Bible, and we look at other big personalities in history, and we think, oh, these people were amazing. But actually, the work that the first church did was not about Paul. Like, he would go inspire people and then go around somewhere else, but it was all, all those people he mentions, and all the others he doesn't mention, that were actually bringing transformation, building the kingdom in that place. As you know, we, um, I, I'm a, or you might know, it, I, I'm quite a big fan of revivals. I've studied them a lot. And, and again, when I study revivals, uh, there's always kind of these mention of these great men or women of God. Um, but actually, if, if you look kind of behind, behind that, there's always a group of Christians who are on fire for God and are doing some amazing things. Look at the, the revival here in England in the 18th century. Uh, you have like the John Wesley, who was kind of the most famous one, and George Whitfield and Charles Wesley. These are the big names. But if you look at John Wesley's life, he basically was all the time on top of a horse. He was just going round from one town to the other. He'd get the people there, encourage them, and then go to the next one. But he wasn't the one who was kind of evangelizing or, or inviting the neighbors. He wasn't the one who was starting the hospitals or the orphanages or the schools. It was the people who were there. It was the gathered people in that place. He was the one kind of inspiring them and going round. But the actual work, the actual transformation came from the gathered people in that place, joining in together, having each other's backs, 
dreaming together, saying, okay, we're here, we're on fire, God, what will we do? And they, they kind of scheme some plan and do something together. And it wasn't the John Wesley going round. And that's why the gathering is so important. That's why it's so important that we do life together. Because we, we just journey together. We mourn together, don't we? We cry together when something sad happens. But we build together as well. We search for God's will together. We have each other's back. We, we go together on this journey. And I think that's the beauty of what church is all about. That's the beauty of us gathering, is that we're doing life together and we're building God's kingdom together. And as, as we started this service now four years ago, we started the six, uh, we had a, a bit of a dream of what we felt God was calling us to build. And um, it's wonderful to see so many people here today um, and to see that kind of the service has grown, it's, it's been able to build things up and it's been some amazing thing God, things God has done in these last four years. And we had a kind of break of two years with COVID. Uh, so it's still kind of a, a early days. Um, but part of the dream, if we can have the next slide, had to do with these things. This is what we always wanted. And um, the CMT is still wants, the leadership of the service uh, still wants to do this, is we wanted to be charismatic. We wanted to be a service that tries to meet with God, who comes and surrenders to God and says, God, we want to meet with you and for you to do whatever you want. Um, and then kind of depend on, on what the Holy Spirit does through us. We wanted to be contemporary and we had a bit of help with the lights and the band. Uh, we wanted to be kind of relevant to our culture today. We wanted to be really welcoming. But at the heart of it was this sense of we want to bring transformation. We want to bring revival. We want to gather to change the world. We don't just want to gather to meet with God and then say, okay, thank you, we had a really nice time. I feel nice, warm, warm and happy, go home and go to sleep. Actually, we want to gather, we want to meet with God because we want to know who we are, what we're called to do, and go and do it outside. We want to see God do some amazing things. And that's why, that was the heart of this service from the beginning. So I'm going to just show us uh, show you a bit of uh, a movie um, and I've shown this once in the past this is my bit where I'm sharing episodes from the past but um, my kids made me watch this movie twice this weekend so I got really excited about it and whenever I watch this scene uh, I'm very moved because I think it speaks very a lot to, to us as Christians and, and the movie is The Lion King how many have seen The Lion King? Do you know more or less the story? Okay, so most of you know The Lion King. Uh, the story is Simba, the, the lion, is, has left. He's supposed to be a king. Doesn't matter really why. And, and he's just kind of enjoying life somewhere else. And his people are really suffering. They're going through a very hard time. And he's like eating slugs and jumping into rivers and just having a bit of fun singing Hakuna Matata, but, but not, not kind of living out who he is. And, and uh, let's watch a bit of uh, the moment where he, he kind of has a bit of an encounter with who he should be. Your father is waiting. I don't see anything. Look closer. 
I love the, the sense of purpose, the sense of identity, the sense of remember who you are, not based on his abilities or not based, it's just based on who, the son of who he is. And that kind of father figure is exactly what God says to us. I'm proud of you. I love you. This is who you are. Let's go and change the world. And, and that's our, our calling as a church. That's what we are called to do. I'm just going to finish with, with a quote from my new man crush, John Tyson. Um, and he says this. He says, 
There is hope. Each generation of believers is given an opportunity to tell the story of Jesus through the local church. God's presence among his people has always been his heart. God's vision was not only a building to belong in, but a people to walk among. among. And as we gather and as we are the church of Jesus in this place, in this time, my prayer is that we'll rediscover who we are, who we are called to be, rediscover that in the Spirit of God, with God's Spirit, we can do some great things. That's who we are. That's why it's so important that we gather together. That's so important that we are part of a local church. That's so important that, that we just commit to what's happening because that's God's plan to change the world. The local church, normal people like you and I, filled with the Holy Spirit, going out and spreading good news. Let's pray.